Welcome to the Classic City Church Podcast. At C3, we exist to help people pattern their lives after Jesus. This message was first given as part of our teaching series at C3. Let's just take a moment just to be with the Lord. I just want you guys just to stay in this space. Go ahead and close your eyes and just receive to Him. Jesus, we welcome you just afresh in our lives, Lord. Lord, we just pray that the Holy Spirit would just come in power. And maybe for some of you here, just as we're, as we're praying, maybe you just want to put your hands out like you're receiving a gift. Just put your palms face out in front of you. It's okay. This is a safe space. Everybody's eyes are closed. And it's just a great way. To, it's a great outward sign just that you want to receive from Jesus, Lord, whatever he wants to do from you. We pray, come Holy Spirit. Our team was just praying before the gathering, and, and um, we just left some space to see whether there, what God might want to say, whether there was just a, a Bible verse or a picture or just a word. And, and, we, and somebody just gave the, the word that, that there felt like there's somebody here that just needed grace for themselves. Maybe that person just needs to, that God has forgiven them, but maybe they just need to forgive themselves for something that has happened. If that word is for you, just receive that now. That God just loves you. He clothes you in righteousness. So Lord, we just pray that, Lord, that we would accept your freedom, that there is no condemnation in the, for those who are in Christ Jesus. Lord, that we are forgiven. We are, your grace is poured out. And Lord, that you are more than enough for us. Lord, we pray that you would be with us as we look at your word, as we start this journey of 2023 together. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Actually, I've got a little prop here. I'm not going to clean. This is, a, this is a prop that I'll get to in a minute. Sometimes we can get the January blues. We build a lot up into our culture. Uh, if you've got small kids, it starts at like Halloween, right? Like you're, you're, you just like costumes and candy, inject sugar into your kids, which is probably a great idea as a culture. Um, but even as like adults, even if you don't have small ch children, you don't go trick or treating anymore or whatever, um, you know, we really hype it up from really like Thanksgiving to like Christmas and it's all like, go, 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 go. And there's all like this excitement. There's like this anticipation. And then like, uh, New Year's day comes and, uh, you know, we have New Year's Eve fireworks, boom, boom, boom. And then we realize that 20, 2023 looks a lot like 2022, um, and then we get here in this January weather, and uh, it's cold outside. Um, though we're experiencing a heat wave compared to what we had at Christmas Eve, right? Like, I could, I could do this, like, not that negative 37 degree weather or whatever, that wind chill that we had before Christmas. Like, I don't want to do that anymore. I can, 
This isn't Minnesota, right? This is Indiana. Like, there's a reason why I don't live there. Uh, but, you know, January can also be a really hard time for people. That Actually, as a pastor, uh, there are a lot of funerals that, that you do in January um, because, uh, like, it's like people hold on to, like, family or seeing family to the holidays, and then, you know, they, they go to be with the Lord. Um, but then there's other things. There's, there's other things that I think can kind of give us the, the January blues. Um, maybe... Christmas or uh, the, the holidays weren't what you expected. Maybe that time actually with intense time with family actually brought a lot of conflict. Maybe it was a really hard time actually to celebrate. Maybe there were some really uh, tough things that you had to deal with in, in your relationships. Or maybe you didn't budget well or whatever. And then people are stuck with like this huge kind of credit card debt. Like, what am I going to do? How am I ever going to pay this off in the new year? And so you're like, oh my gosh, like, how am I going to get out of this? And it also like, it's like, oh my gosh, when's the next warm day going to come? And for us here in Indiana, it could be March, it could be April, it could be May. For all we know, it's been June before as well. So like, you just never know what the Indiana weather is right now. But I think for a lot of us, like when we're on a journey with Jesus, like we all experience these times in our lives where we just feel like it's just really difficult. Maybe it's like a desert time, or maybe like it's just really spiritually hard in our lives. And maybe it's now, maybe you can think of a time in the past where you're just like, I just need God's presence in my life. Like, I just need to know that God is tangibly alive in us. And I've got this, uh, this, uh, bucket here that has water in it. And, um, I got this sponge and, I saw this a while ago, uh, years ago, and it, uh, God really spoke to me about it. Is sometimes that like this household sponge can like be like us. It can be very hard. It can be kind of uh, it can be very brittle. Like if you just pull it out of the closet or from underneath the sink or whatever, um, especially if it's already been used once, it really is kind of like it, it gets to be hard around the edges. And sometimes in life, like we can be like that sponge. And the water in this bucket just represents Jesus, that, that we need to have Jesus's presence in our life, like constantly, like we need, we need an inpouring of Jesus in our lives. And in the Bible, it actually says, uh, Jesus says that um, my presence, uh, meaning he says the Holy Spirit is like living water. And we need that living water in our lives. Because when you have like a hard sponge like this, and then you dip it into water, like not only do you have enough for yourselves, but like you get this overflow, right? You got, you got not just enough to get yourself wet, but like it gets absolutely saturated that the sponge is in the water and the water is in the sponge. And that's what it's like to have a relationship with Jesus, like a deep, like ongoing relationship with him and his presence by the Holy Spirit is that we are in him and he is in us. And again, it's not just that there's just enough love for us, or just enough for us just to get by, or just for about us. But it, it, it's just this place of like, it, it's just overflowing. And when we're saturated in just God's presence, like when we're with him, when we're journeying with him, and we know that God is with us, and, and we're sitting at the feet. I love that song that, Ch that Chad just said there. Like as we receive to him, God not only fills our own life, but he gives us enough to give to others. Um, as you guys know, a, a lot, I'm a, like a big Colts fan, and uh, I, 
talk about the Colts a lot. Um, it's because I spent a lot of time watching the Colts, and I'm also passionate about the Colts, though it's a really bad season right now. And the only thing I'm looking forward to now is like the draft day, right? Like one's like, whew, let's just get through this one, right? But like, I'm passionate about it. But it's that same thing. Like if we're spending time at the feet of Jesus, if we're receiving from him in our lives, if we're passionate about him, like that overflow from us into the world will just become natural for us. Like it just starts to spread otherwise. Like we'll just passionately talk about Jesus with other people. And so our new sermon series is all about overflow. That God not only just filling our life, but God filling other people's lives. And when I was uh, thinking about this sermon, I had no idea, but on Christmas day, I woke up to a pipe that burst in our house. Merry Christmas, right? So I feel like this is God's sense of humor, like overflow, which is awesome because Bailey's actually been, and him and his uncle and their, their company have been like doing everything. So Bailey's been like basically living at my house, like <laughs> fixing out the basement or whatever. Like there was an overflow and, uh, and that is not the good kind of overflow. Right. And then we found like only a week later that we found that there was a pipe that was inside the wall that was actually water still coming out of it. Like a week later, I was like, Oh, Oh, we didn't know until we opened up the wall. Like that's the bad overflow. We don't want that kind of overflow, but we want this overflow of Jesus, just his presence in our lives. And, um, you know, as, as we talked about, as I talked about as uh, earlier, that our mission here is to help people pattern their lives after Jesus. And then we have those three key relationships. We have that up relationship with God. We have that in relationship with each other. And we have that out relationship uh, to the world. And, I'll just be honest, as somebody who's somebody who loves like mission, like that's my natural thing. Like my natural gifting is like, I want to get the church out the doors. I, like, I just want to share the message of Jesus. You know, that's kind of where I want to start. But that's not really where it starts. It, it starts with a connection up with God, being filled with his presence. The, 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 um, John's, the Apostle John's letter um, from first John says that we are able to love because he first loved us. That's overflow, right? That he loves us and that we are able to love other people. And so often we think that that relationship of up in and out, is kind of like, it's very, very balanced in our lives. But actually like, I, I feel like for this season that what God's saying is that we just really need to get connected to him. Like there's no use of like going out and like doing things in our own strength or, or whatever. If we're not seriously connected to Jesus, that we need to just have this in pouring into our lives that God will just naturally overflow out of our lives. Um, over the next seven weeks, we're going to be going through this letter. It's first uh, John all the way to third John and the apostle John who wrote the gospel of John also wrote letters when he was an old, uh, an old man. And uh, these letters were to the church. And uh, over the next seven weeks, we're going to be exploring what John's letter says uh, to the churches, um, to the early churches. And so but, but John, John is somebody who, the Apostle John, had a real tangible relationship. Can you imagine that right now? Like if Jesus just showed up today and, you know, we, re, we were able to spend time with Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit, but John had a real tangible relationship. He saw Jesus both die and get resurrected. Like 
That's incredible. And what John is, he starts his letter in 1 John to the churches saying, look guys, this isn't some kind of like airy fairy relationship. This isn't just something that you guys do. It affects every single part of your life. This is a real, tangible, real relationship that you can have with Jesus. That by his presence, right? That, that when Jesus came to this earth, he was, he was Christ with us. And by the power of his Holy Spirit now, he is Christ in us. It can't get any more intimate than that, that God is inside of us, that if you believe in God and you've asked him to come into your life, then God is in your life. But one of the interesting things is as John opens his letter in 1 John, uh, he actually starts talking about this thing called sin. Sin is the brokenness that all of us experience. It's the human condition that kind of, uh, that plagues our world. And he says this, that if, if, you're, if you're a Christian, if you, if you put your faith in Jesus, then, then you need to turn away from the stuff that you know that is not right. In 1 John 1, uh, 5 through 7, he says this. He says, God is light. In him, there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship or a relationship with him, and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in that light, as he is light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. See, repentance, getting rid of all the stuff that we know that is broken in our lives, brings us to a closer relationship with God and with each other. And I think sometimes that as we come into a relationship with God, that if you, maybe you were born into a Christian family, or maybe you came to to Jesus later in life, or maybe you're coming back to Jesus, doesn't matter where you're at in the journey. I think like when you initially start that journey, like you start to know like the big stuff that's wrong in your life, right? Like you start to know, like, you're like, oh yeah, that I can't do, I shouldn't do that anymore. Not, not that you feel like condemned, but you know, like a life of what, what's right with God and you know, what's not right because the Holy Spirit's living in you. And you also have God's word to tell you, tell us what is right and what's not right. And, and I think when you initially come to Jesus, like we kind of, we get rid of like a big load, like an offload of all the sin and all the brokenness in our lives. But something that God was speaking to me about is I kind of want to bring this sponge back is that there's, there's more sin that as you go deeper and you, and you walk with God, there's stuff that just rises to the surface that like, oh, I didn't even realize that was a sin. And, and you kind of get illuminated to new things and, and, and as you journey and you go deeper with God. And if you've ever used it like this sponge, like a sponge, and um, especially if you've used it like multiple times, like, and you go back to the closet or grab it from underneath the sink again to use again, and, um, and you kind of, you, you put the water in it and you start cleaning with it. And not only are you like, like spreading water and like, you know, the, the kind of the, the soap around or whatever, but you're also like spre- spreading like dirt around everywhere. And you're like, oh, and most of us, we like just take out the sponge or, like, or whatever and just throw it in the trash and you get a new sponge. But I think in our, in our Christian lives, like obviously we can't just do that, but we need to like continually like let Jesus just squeeze out that dirt, that grime, that, that brokenness, that sin in our lives. And the more that we do that, the more that we become more holy in Jesus, the more that we can just receive to him. It's like getting re-dipped and just saturated, just poured into his presence. 
The less of us, our sin and our brokenness, the more that we can receive from him, that we need more of him in our lives. It goes on in 1 John, that John continues his letter by saying in verses 8 to 9, he says, if we claim to be without sin, we actually deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. I don't know about you, but I only know one perfect person in my entire life, my wife. Hey, it's better than using the example of myself, right? Like, but there are none of us, like we all get things wrong in our lives. Like there's not one of us here that doesn't need forgiveness in our lives. And not only do we need like forgiveness, like just once in when we come into Christ, but we need ongoing forgiveness from our lives. But there's no, there's no like condemnation in that. Like we just need to like say sorry to Jesus, turn to him and just receive and clothe us in the grace and the mercy and, and the forgiveness of Jesus. That, that we just need to continually to soak up what he has for us because he has such grace for each and every one of us. It says this in finishing our kind of our Bible passage today. It says, Jesus is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, not only for us, but the sins for the entire world. That often this message that we, that we know that we need for our lives, that it's not just for us, that the whole world needs this message. Our very broken and dark world needs this message of Jesus in our world. I don't know whether you've recently, uh, I don't know whether, whether you watch football or not, or don't care, I don't really care, it doesn't matter. But recently there was a, uh, last week in a, uh, in a football game for the Buffalo Bills, there was a player, a uh, defensive player that got hit very awkwardly and his heart stopped on the field. Like, just like that. And uh, it's just a freak accident. He just got hit in the wrong place at the wrong time. And within the, I don't know, they were talking about within the wrong millisecond or something, it stopped his heart. And so on the field, they actually performed CPR on him. And, um, if if you do follow football or whatever or ESPN and um, what you've seen is that at, at every game uh, they ended up canceling the game actually they just stopped it and the players prayed um, and and before uh, and during a lot of games all these NFL players um, obviously you know it's very secularized so you can't talk about Jesus you can't do any of this you got all these people praying like just like praying 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 for this guy to be revived. It was a miracle. He did. He, like he is reviving. And, and he actually, he woke up uh, miraculously. And he, and he said, uh, the first thing he said to the doctor is like, who won the game? And the doctor looked at him and said, you won the game of life. <laughs> but it's just been like amazing. And, and actually on ESPN, there was like, a, I don't know whether it was Sports Center, but uh, uh, whatever, it was on the news there. Uh, but one of the anchors there, they, he just stopped talking about it. And he said, I think we just need to pray. And they just, on this was on like live national TV. And it, like, this is something he could easily get fired for in our very secular uh, world. And he just, he just prayed. And, and like, he led like this very beautiful prayer and another co-anchor prayed. And they're like, he, 
actually was able to keep his job after. Like it was amazing. And even last night, there like a week later, that that players from the the Tennessee Titans and the Jaguars they played last night. And before the game, all the players knelt down together and uh, in this circle, and they all laid on hands and they just prayed. And and it was quite moving to to see these players from opposing teams that are fighting for a playoff uh, spot. And it just got me thinking, like, I saw somebody, another pastor in town post, like, why is it that these two players that, like, they want to, like, these two teams that want to rip each other's head off and, and, uh, and, and fight for a playoff spot, how can they get together for, to pray and our churches won't even pray together? I thought, fair point. What arrogance do we have from our churches that we sometimes we let these little differences that don't really matter, you know, affect the wider picture of what God wants to do in and through our nation, our town, and our city. And um, so at a national level, we're seeing like this revival of, of prayer actually happen. Like I couldn't, I can't actually believe that it's happening really. Like it, it's, it's pretty amazing. I don't know whether you've seen the local news as well, though, that in Fort Wayne yesterday, that if you know some of the remodeling that's happening downtown, they're doing the, the electric works and uh, they state, in the electric works, they have a 24-7 hour prayer room where people are going to be praying for the city uh, 24 hours a day, seven day a week, uh, 365. And they've got like 80 to 100 churches signed up from all over the area to continually to pray, to seek God's presence through worship, to pray. I mean, it's just absolutely, and they were denied several times about getting that space. And uh, it was actually the do it best people who are the, the CEOs of Christian and they have a big space rented out there and said, yeah, we'll make something happen. And it's all about sometimes who you know and the power of prayer and God, but they are going to be praying. And so you so I just, you know, I'm trying to just watch what God is doing. And, and when I first heard about this uh, several months ago that this prayer room was going in, I just like, yeah, we need to pray. Like, you know, and I'm somebody again, that's like, we just need to get out there. We need to share Jesus. We need to serve. We need to just do that. But actually I, I feel like in, in 2023, like what I've seen God been doing and what I feel like God is saying to do is that we just really need to seek his presence, that we really need to pray for a church that if we don't, if we don't, uh, it's like a war room, like that there's this unseen battle going on for lives and we can go and share Jesus with other people. And, but it's just such hard ground sometimes. Like sometimes I honestly, as a pastor, sometimes I have to, I feel like I have to be all singing, all dancing and stand on my hand, my head backwards, like for people to come to Jesus. And sometimes if that's the case, then I'll be happy to do that. But I think the other reality is that it's just really hard ground. And like, no matter what we do, like we can't make people come to Jesus. We can't do it. You can't, we can't. Like, that's not what the Bible says that we're to plant, we're to plant the seeds, but it's God who grows the person. It's God who brings that person to himself. And those people, like Jesus stands at the door and knocks, but it's those people who have to have their hearts stirred by Jesus to open that door and to receive him into their lives. And so we, and this is something my dad taught me is like, he's, he calls it being a God watcher, right? He call it being a God watcher, but that's what I see God doing, not only on a national level, but on a local level, um, and, and I really feel like for our church that in 2023, like, I feel like we just need, really need to pray our socks off. And I don't know fully what that means practically, what that looks like for us, but I, I really feel like we need to really get after the heart of God in worship and in prayer. And, and maybe this is kind of a, a to, to be determined in what we do, 
But I feel like the fruit that we're seeking after, the 60%, it all starts because we need to be connected with the up. The only God can do something like this. And anytime they're in history throughout, if you track the history of any revival, any big movement of God, it is always start with, it always has always started with prayer, repentance, and fasting. In the Bible verse that I read out earlier, it says, if we claim to have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Now, I don't know about you, but a lot of the times I read that Bible verse and I think, I, I know it says we, but I immediately switch it to me. I start confessing all my sins. Um, that might surprise you that I'm a pastor. And yes, I have sinful, sin in my life. Ask my wife. Um, she will tell you all about it. No, I'm just joking. She won't. She's really kind um, and full of forgiveness. But I, I switch it from the we to me. But I, I feel like as, and I don't even know fully, you know, what this means yet, but but I feel like God is calling us to repent, to like to turn towards him, not only as individuals and to walk in the light and in the truth in, in, in his presence, but as a church that, you know, whether it's us as a church where we get it wrong and we make it about our own thing or on behalf of, our, our, of the culture that we live in, the sin and the brokenness that our world participates in. But God's promise is that if we turn and we repent and we, we ask for, our for, 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 for forgiveness, that he will heal our land. And this is something that the people of God went through. When they were going through exile in Babylon, um, they were getting yanked off and they were being slaves in a, in a foreign country. And God said, if you turn and repent and you turn back to me, I will heal your land. This is what it says in 2 Chronicles 7, uh, chapter 7, verses 13 to 14. He says, when I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. I'm really not in it to grow a big church. I'll just be honest. Like, I know that's probably not the thing I'm supposed to say. Like, yeah, I'd love to see more people fill this place. And yeah, I, we, I prayed over the chair. We prayed over the chairs before we started gathering that new people would come and join us today. But I think even more than that, like, I think we need to be going for movement, like a movement of God, like something way bigger than ourselves. And yeah, God will fill this place and, and, and things. But this is, you know, I, I really feel the sense that, that we need to humbly seek God. That, that we need to be a part of maybe a, a wave that the Holy Spirit wants to do or a movement of God that, that he wants to do in Northeast Indiana. And it really, it all starts with that deep sense of God's presence that, that if we don't have life in us, if we don't are just absolutely saturated in the presence of God, then we have no life to give out there, that it's an overflow. It's only from a place of overflow that we can go and be healing to our land. And it starts by humbly coming before God. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and my, I will forgive their sin and their land will be healed. It starts with prayer and repentance not only as individuals, but as a church and repenting on the half of Northeast 
Indiana. Again, every revival or major movement of God starts with this. So as a church, I just, I invite you, well, I'm not going to invite you to stand yet, but I invite you to be filled up with God's presence, to really go after it, to seek his face, to pray more than you've ever prayed before. And I know that it's going to be uncomfortable. You feel like you're going to be stretching your spiritual muscles at times. But I think that we're really to to seek the Lord this coming year in 2023. And I wanted to start off this year in the sermon series by taking communion together. And did everybody get um, the communion elements? If you haven't, just stick your hand up. We got, we got just, we got a few here. Um, Laura's on it. She's going to help here. And um, that's okay. I'm going to, I'm going to read out a little bit from the Bible and then we're going to take communion together as a church. And at this time, I actually, I'm going to invite Chad up. If you want to bring, you can bring your communion up with me and um, you can share this table. But Chad's just going to strum a little bit, and I'm going to read out some words from the Bible about just about sharing in this meal together um, that, that Jesus did as we kind of remember this meal, as we participate in this meal that Jesus did in the upper room. I'm going to read those words again that, that I read out earlier, earlier about repentance. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins... He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. On the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. And again, after supper, he took the cup. He gave thanks and gave it for all to drink saying, this is the new covenant in my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. At this time, if you'd like to take out your bread or your little, your wafer, we're gonna just share in this meal together. Church, this is the body of Christ that was given for you. Let's take this together. If you want to open the juice portion of it. These are really hard to open. There we go. This is the blood of Christ that is shed for you. want to take a moment just to go ahead and just spend a few moments just to be with Jesus. Maybe you want to pray with the people on your table. Maybe you just want to be quiet and pray yourself and just spend a moment in the Lord's presence. Let's just spend a moment and just receive from Jesus as we just ask for more of his presence in our life. Lord, we pray that 2023 would be a year where we just 
come back to you, God, and really to go after it, seeking you, God. And Lord, I pray that Jesus, as you pour into us, Lord, that you would pour into the world around us, Lord, that you would not only fill our cup, but Lord, that you would overflow it, Lord, that you would saturate our lives and and the lives around us, God. We just ask for more of you, God. And Lord, we know we have things like Alpha coming up, God, but it, it's just all smoke and mirrors if you're not in it. It really is, God. It, it really is. And it's not about being trendy or cool or doing the, using the right tools or whatever, God, but it, it is a move of you, God, and you have to be in it, God. So we just eagerly seek you. Not only would you prepare our hearts for what you're going to do, but Lord, would you go before us for the people that we're going to invite, God. And Lord, if we don't have people in it to invite, Lord, I pray that you would put people into our life to invite, God. Lord, and we just pray that, Lord, that for those people who do receive invitations, Lord, we ask that you would prepare their heart. Lord, we pray that the ground would fall on good soil and take root. Lord, would you plow up the hard ground of our hearts? We just pray, Lord, that we would receive more from you today. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope that this message helps you to grow in a relationship with Jesus. Connect with us at classiccitychurch.org.